block. I be slow to the neck, don't give a fuck about the clout. I'm a real, real nigga, you can hear in my tone. Bust a play, I'm in Soho, I got A for the Lolo. Midnight for the shirt, fly nigga, I got it on. I'm Bruce Wayne in a Lambo, nigga told on that old Ben Dort. Made it out, nigga, now it's 200 for a show. Had a flashback, remember he was about 1200 for a show. Yo, 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 hello, 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 welcome back to the Podium Podcast, episode 228. Tonight I'm solo. Me and Rihanna had a mix-up, so she's home and I'm here, but it's all right. Because uh, I have much experience in doing podcasts solo, so we should be fine. A volume here, check, check, check. There we go. Okay, beautiful. I like my headphones very loud when I record. <clears throat> Excuse me if I'm nasally. Uh, my knees, my allergies been fucking me up all day. I cleaned my bathroom. I cleaned my crib. A lot of dust. I am uh, quite ashamed of myself for letting my place get to that point, but <clears throat> I had to clean it. So today I cleaned it. Uh, to Gigi, the mop is very foreign. She usually only sees it when I clean up her little spots and shit. But today, I went crazy with the mop. I, I, I fought dust and, 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 and dirt and grime bare hand today. I, I took it on. And I won. I won. Yes, victory was mine. Never stood a chance. I had Clorox. I had everything. And I had everything. Oh, it was beautiful. Just to see the dirt die was such a sight. Um, anyway, how have you guys been? We haven't been here in a couple of weeks. Um, explanation, explanation, none, because there's nothing to explain. We just uh, was out of, I was last week, I was not in podcast mood. And this is me 100% honest with you. Uh, the week prior, um, I think, uh, I think we just, I think we just really wanted to put more time off. Yeah, I, I'm a, I don't have a reason, you know? And um, because we are our own employees here at the Podium Podcast, we just, you know, we just took time. So we'll be back. You got to recharge in this space. It is not easy to pod every week <clears throat> with new content and new energy week to week. It gets very tiresome if you're not like, you know, if you don't take your time sometimes. So we didn't miss much. Uh, a, another DJ Khaled album came out. Another Jay-Z verse came out. You guys overreacted as usual. Um, and, you know, and here we are. Two weeks removed and nobody is talking about it. People talked about that Jay-Z verse for a whole two days. All of two days. The night it came out, the day it came out, and then up to Sunday, it was like, eh, all right. Yeah, all right. We don't, we don't care anymore. The internet's too fast to care. Um, people were calling it Jay-Z's best verse ever. Many people was like, nah. <laughs> nah, I was one of them. I heard it, and I was quite underwhelmed. I wasn't like, wow, this is incredible. I did not know Jay-Z made Rihanna a billionaire, and I didn't know Kanye West also became, and I didn't know that him, and I didn't know, we knew LeBron and Rihanna and Kanye was affiliated to, to Jay. He didn't tell us anything we did not know. Um, what he, he didn't, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it was a moment. Every DJ Khaled album is just that. It's the moment in time where people give this nigga two days of their life. I refused to give Khaled any more of my time. I did not listen to this album, but I assure you, 
It was trash. Now, again, people always say, like, oh, you got to watch, watch what you say because you never know if somebody needs somebody and da 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 It's like, I can have an opinion, okay? And I don't have to fake my opinion to appease to people I don't even know. So if DJ Khaled were to ever ask me, hey, my brother, how you feel about my album? And we're off the record and we're off cameras. I would be very honest with Khaled and say, how much longer do you think you're going to do this? How many more do you think you got? One? How many, how many, how many times do you think you can get all of these artists to give you their time? Because I, I don't know. Is it like a, a, every time Khaled album drop, is it like Christmas for rappers because they're going to get free money? Because you can give Khaled the, the, the most mid shit you've ever given him and he'll make it seem like the biggest shit of all time. I, I don't know. Um, moving on. Um, what else happened here? I got a lot of shit I want to talk about. Um, something, I, I wish Rihanna was here for a couple of them, but I mean, she'll be back next week and we can get into uh, the intricacies of things I may have said that... Um, um, what I'm saying and shit. Um, so, okay. It's a solo pod, so I, I, I mean, I'm, I want to keep it fun, which I will, and I want to keep it to the point, and I want to keep it adult, which I will, but also, I don't want it to be too serious to the point people are like, oh, it's me, Rihanna, back. You know, not the same. <laughs> I haven't been solo in a while. So I want to put the disclaimer out that I may get very passionate in these moments, and I may get a little uh, hype if you will, if you want. There's no one here to calm me down this week, so bear with me. I'm going to keep myself on a short leash. I'm not going to try to get too revved up. I don't want to sweat. Um, but, yeah, there's some things that cross my board um, of Instagram, and I wanted to speak on them. Uh, one of them being... Um, okay, so we're at the point now where we kind of got to understand when things aren't real. Okay, now I've come on this podcast many times. And I told you guys monkeypox was bullshit. Um, not being ignorant to the fact that maybe somebody did really get that shit, but I still want to understand what made you motherfuckers believe that. Saw a video on Instagram of this dude who allegedly had monkeypox and wanted to get McDonald's, so he went to get McDonald's, right? Now, two weeks later, it comes out, hey, that was fake. And here's how I did it. And there's a video of him getting covered in bumps by a makeup artist all over his arms, all over his face, which is the same fucking thing I said when I came in here and said, I've seen them turn Jim Carrey to the Grinch. Why would I believe a few bumps on a person's face to scare me into like having to, I don't understand. Here we are some months and I just want to know, anybody you know catch monkeypox yet? Anybody heard? Like, the people that work in the hospitals, have you seen people? How many people have you seen and treated with this thing? We have to stop believing everything we see on the internet. We have to stop getting our information from Instagram. That is not real news, okay? A meme you saw that says something that you could kind of believe is not true. Oh, no, no, I've seen it on Instagram. What does that mean? 
What the fuck is bitch? What does that mean? <laughs> oh no, it's real. I've seen it on Instagram. Okay, what? So what? So what? You don't think these things are produced? <laughs> I want to play something for y'all that I saw today. And it's very interesting because it, it, it kind of says what I say all the time about how, how we let bullshit and stupid shit into our world and stay there. And it let, we let it exist in our lives for far too long, beyond entertainment purposes. And it's not okay. <laughs> it's like it's, we have to understand what we're doing. We have to be alert with the information that we're taking in. We have to be more cognizant of what we're listening to and who we're listening to. We are the adults. We can't be this stupid, okay? We're supposed to be leading the children into the, into the next level. How? If we're this easily fooled, you don't think our children can doctor up some lie to be somewhere they're not by using some app? You can make a fake background on TikTok. If a parent doesn't know about these apps and the, and the kid might call, hey, mom, no, I'm my so-and-so's house. All he needs is a picture of their room. And he's sitting still sitting in front of it, and it looks like they're really there. If a parent isn't privy to these things, they won't know. So as parents in this upper, and I'm a, I'm a parent coming into being a parent. My child is coming along. February, you know, we're we, we going to be here. But we have to keep ourselves young, too. Mentally. Physically, we are what we are. You have to stay sharp in the mind. You cannot just give up with a certain point. Like, I feel like adults get to a certain level and they just stop keeping up with, with shit, with music, with, with technology, with life. They start to live within their own little bubble they created for themselves and they exist in that bubble and everything else outside of it doesn't matter anymore, which is fine if you don't have children. <laughs> you know, you can't have your children be a step ahead of you. You got to be right up step, step by step with them. Right with them. I'm on you. Everything you, I know what that, I know what that means. I know the slang. I know all this shit. But anyway, here's a video I seen that was very interesting. Somebody sent this to me. Which country made TikTok? China. Do you know that China controls the algorithm of what you see? Do you know this? If you're in America and you open up TikTok, if you're in Britain and you open up TikTok, there is a specific algorithm to reach you that is not in China. If you're in China and you open up TikTok, what they, the Chinese government, wants you to receive as youth, as people using TikTok, are people who are doing good things, achievements, youth making social enterprise, youth becoming successful in math competitions, youth becoming masters of karate, youth doing something with their life. And you are rewarded. That algorithm is that the Chinese government makes you see positive things for social development. Did you know here and in the United States, they, China, send you a different algorithm? Do you know what they send you? All the nonsense that you see. They want you to see girls dancing, boys and girls dancing with each other, pranks upon your parents, pranks upon people. How many pranks do you see? Yeah, I'm not saying it's not funny. Some of them are downright hilarious. But if you want to destroy a nation, destroy a generation, you make them in their mind be rewarded with the dopamine for thinking stupid things are good, thinking that this is what you're supposed to grow up doing. A large proportion of people grow up thinking that this is what life is about. But in China, they don't let their children think that. Next time you open up TikTok or Instagram or whatever, and you see this, understand that you are being played. 
Now, we are in the era of fast information, okay? Be responsible with what you ingest, physically and mentally, all right? If you eat a bunch of shit every day, all day, you're going to feel like shit. If you watch a bunch of bullshit every day, all day, you're going to start to think that way. Everything becomes funny and a joke, and everything is a fucking meme. You got to learn when to detach. Remember, I was telling y'all a few weeks ago, you got to get off this shit sometimes. You got to get low. Just for your own self. You got to remember real life. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Holy shit, I have a real life. Wow. You know, I could go do something and nobody has to know what I'm doing. We forget that we don't have to post and share things. We don't have to show who we're with, what we're doing, what do we eat. Every single thing we buy shouldn't be a post. Why is it an accomplishment that you bought a new shoe or you got a new car? That's great. You got a car. You're supposed to do that. That's great. You bought new shoes. You need shoes. But the sharing and, the, and, and you know, the, the, the look at me shit, it has to stop because it's not about nothing. And then you're going to have an era of people that just have, look at me, look at me and don't have anything. You don't have anything. You have Internet respect. But that shit don't pay the bills. You got clout on the internet. That shit don't pay your rent, my nigga. It ain't about nothing. That's not a career. What, you, just, you got all these followers and they liking your pictures, you somebody? You're still a normal person. It's not real, bro. You're just good at the internet. Congratulations. Some people are good at video games. Some people are good at sports. Some people are good at math, science. You're good at Instagram. Great. You figured out a way to be paid for it. Great. But don't lose sight of what you are and who you are. Please. Um, now, um, damn, is this the one that I've seen? I want to talk about women and always. How, how, men and women. How men and women handle breakups and how women fuck men up and pay the consequences for it the rest of their lives. Allow me to uh, expunge, expunge or whatever the fucking word, explain, I guess. Let me go into further detail on what I'm saying. Now, as young men, we are raised to respect young women and be kind to them. And when you like a girl, you be nice to her. You know, your mom teach you, your dad teach you. When you like a girl, you be nice to her. You say nice things. You give her compliments. And, you know, and you know if she likes you back, she'll do the same thing. She'll give you compliments. Oh, you're cute. Dude. And, you know, y'all, all right, we cool. We like each other. When we're young men, we like, we don't have any knowledge of what we're doing. We just know, wow, she's really pretty and I like her. And the scariest thing for a young boy is her finding out that she, you like her. Like, you don't want to tell anybody. You, you're afraid, but, you know, your friends might know. And, you know, let's say one day as a joke, your boy is like, yo, yo, shorty, my boy over here, I want to holler at you. And then your response changes him for life. And y'all don't even realize this when y'all young girls because y'all don't know nothing either. Right? Now that young boy is scared to death. He respects you so much. He likes you so much. His boy is jokingly saying, yo, my boy want to holler at you. And you stand up in front of everybody and say, ew, he's ugly. Or ew, I would never talk to him. And you just dismiss him and, and, and like completely shit on him. Oh, that hurts. That's a scar that will never go away. Because now he's like, I will never let another girl do that to me. I got to be the nigga that they want. I got to have them on me because me on them ain't working. 
So now this may make a young boy do all kinds of things, right? Like women don't understand the amount of persuasion they have with their influence. Like we, we do a lot of things to women, to cater to women. We, we want... You think, you think these niggas out here like dressing this way and looking these ways because we want to look those ways? We, men, well, I don't know about men now. Men, my generation, we did it all for girls. We got money, but we, the money was to get the girls too. Like we got money to get the girls because money brings girls. So we went and got money and then the girls came. Like we did every, we got fly because girls like fly dudes. So we got fly. Everything was rooted for women. This is my generation. Though. I'm talking about people in their 30s and mid-30s. Chivalry got killed by women. And y'all always say, well, chivalry's dead. Y'all killed it. Y'all stepped on it. The minute that nigga was nice to you and you said, ill. The minute that nigga was like, oh, I would love to get to know you. And you was like, oh, I'm good. And you lied. Just tell him why you're not interested. Why you got to be rude with it? Every woman don't be nice. And then you got, you got the other side of a woman like, oh, well, some niggas don't take me there. I'm not talking about that part far down. That's when niggas get grown and they already scorned and they keep pressing you. I'm saying you can't have friends. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a young kid, junior high school, early high school. He don't have the confidence to ask if you got friends and all this other shit. He just innocent and he likes you. And you, you shit it on him right there. From young, that builds a resentment to women. Right? Now, she don't know she's even doing that. But I want women to understand how young men become the, so disgusting and so, so egotistical and, and so manipulative is because of how hard it is to get women. It is not easy. You have to have shit to get women. You have to have money. You have to have, like, some niggas, you have to have this or that. But maybe you got to learn that when we're young. We don't know what gets these girls. We don't know what attracts them until we see, oh, oh, that's her man? Oh, she like niggas like that. Like, in high school, that was always, a, like, a shock factor. Like the chick that was the super flyest, baddest, and you got cool with her. And then the one day you try to be like, yo, you want to hang out sometime? She'll mention her boyfriend. Oh, I can't wait till this weekend. My, me and my boyfriend are supposed to go, oh, oh, you had a boyfriend? Yeah, I never told you. Oh, this, this, mm, I've been buying this bitch cookies all week. She thought I was doing that to be friends? You have a boyfriend? Why oh, you didn't say that? I would have never spent all that, my, my lunch money on you, bitch. What the fuck? Is- all them butter crunch cookies? Oh, I'm tight now. Because I did that to try to win you over and the whole time you wasn't even winnable. Huh. Now, as men, we don't say anything to her to let her know we like her because we don't, we fear the rejection. And women never have that, have to be in that position of being rejected because y'all not out here chasing niggas when y'all young. Y'all might have a crush on a boy. Yeah. But y'all know, y'all, y'all, listen, everybody likes the quarterback, but you know better than asking the prom. You know that, lady. Uh, come on, Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. She know. We don't. We think we be having a chance to be friends with the girl. You know, that's a young nigga move, too. You be cool with her, be friends with her, and then at some point, once she comfortable enough with me, I'm going to make my move and be like, hey, let's try to, hey, like, date. That's the wrong way. We learned that through growing up. That's the wrong way. Being in the friend zone, okay? Nah, we don't. you ain't making progress because she invited you to her house. I don't mean you go hit soon. Y'all not even on that in that place. But as a young man, you don't know no better. <laughs> you just know, oh shit, I'm in my crush's house in her room, on her bed. Oh my god, she's walking around in her fucking underwear. You're the homie. You're the homie. She's not enticing you. When we young, we don't know what to do with that. It's a rush of fucking emotion and confusion. 
Now, how men and women handle breakups? I think I had a video. Is this the video? So, men aren't always to blame. In my opinion, um, a lot of women say that they want their husbands to find them. But the truth of the matter is that you're unavailable. What do I mean by that? You're unavailable because you're preoccupied with a man who is unavailable in so many ways. He's not transparent. He refuses to be open. He refuses to tell you anything that you need to know. Just emotionally unavailable. Yet you're waiting for your husband. Question is, will you find it in that man that you're waiting for? And chances are your husband already said, Hey, beautiful, may I have your number and what's your name? But you said, no, husband, I got a boyfriend. You're waiting for a man to become open to you who had no intentions or doesn't even know how to do so. So, are you unavailable for your husband because you're available to a man who's emotionally unavailable? That's the question. A blessed productive day. Peace. So, and I had nothing to do with how many women handle breakups. However, that was a lot of perspective there. Oftentimes, relationships are one-sided. When women, how many times you heard the story of a woman holding on and holding on because one day he gonna marry her. Oh, and I know he gonna marry me. I know one day we gonna get married. They've been together five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Kids live together for years, and she's holding on for marriage. It's not the best relationship, but she feel like that marriage will validify all the bullshit she would she went through. As if that means he's gonna stop after you're married. Like, would you rather just go through this shit as a wife? Is that, the, is that the issue? I'm not going through this shit as a girlfriend. You need to marry me and put me through this bullshit. Like, I, make it make sense to me. Right? Okay. Now, how many women handle breakups? I did have a video saved. Don't know where the fuck it went. <laughs> and uh, that's crazy. But it uh it basically says something along the lines of um women have support when they break up with their man, right? Women have a friend group. They have a, a, a core of friends who when they're emotionally going through something, they can call and get emotional support. Men don't have that. Most of the time when we go through a breakup, we're laughed at by our friends. Yo, she dumped you? Oh, my God. Yo, this thing is a dick. Yo, this girl broke up. It's a joke. It's not like, oh, my God, are you okay? How you feeling? Is everything, you want me to come over? You want me to come over and just cry with you, bro? There's none of that. Y'all have friends that come over, watch Waiting to Exhale, eat ice cream together, fart on each other's sheets. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got that. Girl, fuck that nigga. Come here, let me do your hair. You can't be looking crazy. Come, we gonna go out. Fuck that nigga. Let's go shopping. Get you some new shit. Let's go to the gym together. Like, they're going to get you through that. They're going to be your friend through that proud, that sad time. That's why women put so much emphasis on their friends because they depend on them to provide emotional support. Men don't rely on our friends for that. We rely on our friends for companionship. Emotional support? No. We usually save that for our woman. But if our woman is not there to give that, then we just hold it in. And all that anger and resentment and, 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 and anger and everything is just held in. And we just swallow it all at the pause. 
We hold that shit in and we carry that tension from woman to woman because we're not taught how to express ourselves and we're afraid to express ourselves because if you express yourself, you a bitch ass nigga. What you crying for? You a bitch, you pussy. As a man, a woman would do that to you. A woman crying is, is like, all right, calm down. I mean, you're all right. Men don't get that. We don't get that. Yo, it's all right, bro. You could you go get another one, bro. She fuck her, man. Yo, come on, bro. Let's just go to church or something. Like, we don't get that. We don't got that. No matter how good your friends are, they don't know what to do when you're emotionally fucked up. Yo, you trying to smoke? You want to go get a drink? That's the most they give you. Fuck it, bro. Come on. Let's go to the bar. Come through, bro. I'm real, bro. I'm going to bring some bud. That ain't, I don't. Bro, I'm emotionally going through it. I need, like, reassurance and help from my fellow brothers. And y'all want me to drink and smoke. This is, ladies, this is what y'all creating out here. Understand that these, these, these small things that y'all would consider very small and minute, and they would say, oh, you're a man, get over that. I mean, it's not that easy. We have emotions too. The problem is we don't admit it. As men, we have to start addressing our emotion. I say it on this part all the time. I'm very emotional. I'm very compassionate. I'm very passionate about certain things. So yeah, I am emotional. I am. I'm not going to deny that and I'm not going to be ashamed of that either. I am what I am. The people that appreciate you will appreciate that from you and they would respect that from you. The people that aren't for you then they just won't, they won't ever get it. And it's okay. I was watching something the other day on uh, Love and Hip Hop. I don't know these characters' names, but her, I don't know this girl's name, but her and her boyfriend, whoever the fuck he is, uh, we bought a house together and they're having arguments every day about this house. And, and this room needs to be this and that room needs to be that. And I'm like, watching that, I'm like, it's not supposed to be this hard. When you... you relationships that are meant to be don't have that in it. It doesn't, it doesn't have bickering, arguing, uh, uh, misunderstandings, constant back and forth. It, the relationships that, that are positive don't have these moments of negativity and, and, and dark times. When the, the person for you is right for you, that, that doesn't exist. That's the, the pettiness that I'm going to show you up, the back and forth, the tit for tat, this doesn't exist. And if a person you're dealing with is hard to deal with, that's not the person. It's supposed to be easy. Love not hard, bro. It's supposed to be easy. If you and your person don't work and don't get along, break the fuck up because you are ruining each other. You're only making each other worse, making it harder and harder for the next person to come in now. And then people never like to take the time to heal. They want to move on and replace a person with a person. That's the stupidest shit you could do. You need time. Like, the, like all right, I've been watching the new uh, Game of Thrones. Shout out to the, the new uh, Game of Thrones, House of Dragon, if y'all been watching it. That's the wrong button. If y'all been watching that, shout out to you. If you've not been watching it, catch you on. Um, in the show, y'all been watching, y'all. This is not a spoiler, but the king's wife dies, you know, and they want this man to remarry immediately. Let's say, like, fam, 
I just fucking uh, I just fucking lost my wife. And you want me to remarry and make a new another heir, another baby right now? Like, goddamn, bro, and she just died, bro. So, um, the perspective is necessary on both sides. I feel like men don't get the emotional credit. Like, everybody's allowed to be emotional, but else we got to suck it up, be a man, all this dumb shit. No, it's all right. Men, men can cry. You should cry. You should cry often. Like, I, that's something I had to come to terms with myself years ago. Um, I want to talk about this 600 Breezy situation. Um, now, 600 Breezy is a rapper from Chicago. He was dating a uh, fitness entrepreneur. She had her own business and um, fitness, and she took her own life. And um, I want to speak on that because he released her last text message to him. Now, I'm not going to sit here and read it on the show. I'm pretty sure you can go to the Academics page or 600 Breezy page or the Shade Room, all them places which should have it there. <clears throat> but um, what I want to say about depression and... I'm going to be very transparent in this moment because I've been there. Um, I say all the time, I never got to the point where I felt like taking my own life, but I fully understand how someone could do that. Um, what people don't understand about depression is that you can't just shake the shit off. And it is very easy to just put a mask on and go without anybody knowing a thing. They'll never see any signs of you being sad because nobody sees it because you'll hide it. But when you're alone, it is some of the hardest fucking moments of your life. All you have is your thoughts and whatever them four walls you are in. It's just you and your thoughts. And <sighs> you feel terrible about the way you feel and you just constantly wish it would go away. And there's literally nothing you can do. You can sleep. You can go for long walks. You can fucking drink, smoke. It doesn't go away. It's just on you constantly. And it's so fucking heavy. It's like you just walking with another person limp on your back every day. And you're like, when the fuck is this motherfucker going to get off me? What can I do to get this off me? I would do anything to get this off me. It just follows you. every, and Even when moments when you forget about it, it comes back. A moment you may be happy for a couple hours and for them couple hours it's off your mind, you don't even think about it, it comes back. And when it comes back, it crashes back. It doesn't come back like, hey, you all right now? I'm going to come back. You are, no, it just comes right. Yo, where the fuck you been? Oh, shit, I forgot about this. And it's like, it haunts you, bro. It, it really, it really can change you if you let it. Now, for me, I chose to speak through that shit. I came and I, around that time, I started this podcast, 2016. That was a time when a lot of people in my life started to leave my life. A lot of friends, a lot of friendships were broken. Long-term friendships snapped. Didn't see that coming. Relationships, situations, whatever they was, going left. Damn, didn't see that coming. 
A lot of twists and turns emotionally, financially, mentally, physically. Wasn't in the greatest health. Wasn't taking care of myself in any way. I just stopped caring because no matter what I did to feel better, I didn't feel good anymore. No matter how much shoes I bought, no how much money I spent, how much time I spent around family, friends, loved ones, whoever. At the end of that day, I had to be with me. Even on nights I have company. She has to go to sleep. She can't be up 24 hours to keep my mind occupied off this darkness. But through that, I began to speak about everything. And I came on the pod and I shared a lot of stories. And I told a lot of things that most people wouldn't share. Um, even on my depression, I spoke on it. Um, this young lady said she was struggling for years to, like, decide she been, her mind was made. Suicide is not a joke. Like, when people get to that point, there's literally nothing you can do. You don't, you're never going to understand where they are mentally. It's, it's impossible to explain to somebody how you feel. It's not, a, it's not a cheer up thing. It's not a let's go out and make you feel better thing. And it's nothing you can do. The person has to just get through that shit. It's a dark time. A lot of people are going to face this time in their life. It's a transitional stage where everything in life gets harder. Everything. It's like, did, my, did I start over? Like, all the progress I made as an adult seems to not matter anymore. What is this shit? What is this new pressure? What is this new this space where just shit is just fucking hard right now? Everything is fucking hard. Everything is going wrong. What is going on? And if you are weak, and if you don't have your head on straight, and if you don't have any kind of fucking passion for anything, you're not going to make that. You're not going to be able to survive that time. Like, it's like, oh, I always say, I, mean, I don't believe in a religion, but I do believe in God. That there's some, there's a, there's God is going to test you before he bless you. He's got to see if you can fucking, if you deserve this right now. Do you really, let me see. Let me put this guy through a little, little time period. And we all go through it. How you come out of it is showing what you made of. If you come out of it tough and better than ever and doing better than ever, you survived your test. If shit stays worse, stays the same or got worse, you're failing the test. You're doing something wrong. There's somebody holding you back from your, from your prosperity. You got to let all that shit go. And I understand it's hard. And for me, I had to learn, you can't be as close with these people as you are. You're going to have to separate yourself because your ideologies and your thoughts are different from theirs. And your lives are going in two separate ways. And it's okay. They have to go on their path. You have to go on yours. You don't have to hate each other. But you're just not going to, you're not running parallel anymore. Either you're slowing down and he's going faster or he just made a turn and you made the other turn. At some point, you're, that little parallel is going to split. Somebody's going to keep going straight. Somebody's going to veer off. You could still be back in the middle. You might meet again, meet again further down the line because it has happened. Those people that I had issues with, shit went left. You go a couple years down the line, we re-meet again and everything is fine, but it's different now. Now it's like, hey, you're, you're, you're different, man. I like, you're, you're a new you. I don't know this you. And I'm a different me and you don't know this me, but I remember you. It feels like that sometimes when I speak to my friends, like, like people that I was cool with at one point, 
And then you just spin back and you're like, you know what? You're, you're different. You know, I was cooler with the older version of you, but also I was a different version of me. So maybe those versions of us worked. And now as we've grown and changed, we don't mix the same. And that's okay. That's fine. Women have a very difficult time dealing with that with their friends because they take it personal. Oh, this bitch acting funny with me. She's not acting funny. She's moving a little faster than you are. She's progressing a little faster than you. The things that you're stuck on, she's let go. And you shouldn't be mad at her for that. You should be, 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 uh, be proud of her for making progress in her, in her life, in her mentality. Like, everything is going better. Um, but yeah, but the men and women thing breaking up and how we handle those things are very different. And I feel like men don't get a lot of slack. We don't get any slack. We're just supposed to man up and get over it. Women have all the support emotionally in the world. We have none. They're like, oh, you need better friends. We're men. We make fun of each other. If your girl cheated on you, we're going to make fun of you, bro. Don't ever tell your boys your girl cheated on you. you and you better not fucking cry. Like, we, 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 we're that. Are you crying? Like, yeah, bro, it sure hurts. Nigga, this nigga a bitch. What are you fucking crying for? Nigga, girl cheated on. Oh, my God. I told you that bitch was a treat, bro. No, bro, y'all don't understand. Niggas don't make fun of him. They going to record him. I mean, we're not going to violate him. And, like, you know, we're going to, you know, that's how we cheer each other up. Cut his ass till he feels better. <laughs> um, is R&B dead? A couple weeks ago, this was a topic. And uh, I'm going to get to the Larry June album shortly. Because my boy Larry dropped. Spaceships on the Blade. Doing numerous numbers. Outstanding numbers. Um, yeah, but um, is R&B dead? Puff was discussing this. Now, here's, here's my thing. Yes. Yes, R&B is dead. It is very dead. It is. Nobody sings anymore. Anyway, but who's the last singer? You know, we, got, we got Division. We got Giveon. We got Brent Fiennes. I mean, we have R&B artists. We got um, my boy that I love, Lucky Day. We got new artists, but they ain't doing, they ain't aren't being the way it need to be done, man. You know what I mean? Like, we need, where's the, the Teddy Pendergrasses or the, the Luthers or the Marvel? Where's the niggas begging for the pussy and singing to these women? What was the last classic album? Confessions? Was Confessions the last classic R&B album? That Chris Brown fans might be like, well, Chris Brown, eh. Does Chris Brown have classic albums? Name them. And how old are they? Like, where, where was the last one? What year? Because rappers now don't rap. I mean, singers now don't sing, they rap. They rap sing. Chris Brown does not sing on every song. He sings on some of them. Jacquees just does freestyles. Like, no, you're son, sir. Why don't you go in the studio with all that? You drag every vowel. Take your little ass to the studio. Make R&B. Like, like you got, it's, there, listen, there are many... Great. Eric Bellinger's another one. Shout out Eric Bellinger. He always got new music out too. But it's not being heard by the masses. Who is going to be our next R&B superstar? Who is it? Summer Walker? We're waiting for SZA. Beyonce dropped and it's not R&B. It's pop or whatever the fuck it was. Dance or, or, or techno. I don't know. I didn't listen to that once. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is on it. But, um, 
When's the last time you could play a new song and send it to your girl? Like, like, remember when you used to have a ringtone for your girl? What ringtone would you put for your girl in this era? Boss it, baby? What, what the fuck would, like, what would be the ringtone for your girl? What would it be? What song would you dedicate to your girl? Would it be something from Tim's? Afrobeats? That ain't R&B. Great music. But we talking about R&B. Rhythm and blues. Rhythm and blues, it, it, it went away. Trey songs, I don't know what the fuck, the 50 banning you from shit. Well, I don't know what the fuck going on, but R&B in the 90s, when I came up, people was fucking, okay? Like a motherfucker. <laughs> so, um, hold on, let me see if I can find... Let me see if I can find some good R&B from the 90s. Look at it. Like, look at Aaliyah. Yeah. Uh, Wait, go where's this shit at? Yeah. When the last time we got something like this? Like, why the, why the, why the R&B chicks ain't fly like this no more? Why they all side and crying about niggas? Don't nobody want to... You ain't... Come on, man. Where's this at? Come on, where's this? What the fuck are y'all doing out there? Y'all got all these apps for all this music, and y'all not giving this. Y'all want the old people to get out the way, but what the fuck is y'all doing? What are y'all doing? This should still go off in the party. Look at this. Could you imagine being on the dance floor in the 90s and this came on and this big booty girl and door knocker earrings and a and a fucking cross-colored jumper with the fattiest and Reeboks on came and bounced her big ass right over to you in your leather suit. Because in the 90s, niggas was leather heavy. Could you imagine when you, when you took that thick-ass cross-colored jumper off and how much ass fell out that jumper, boy? Okay? Look, imagine you go over a chick crib. After the spot, she got candles lit. She coming out the room with a little see-through whatever the fuck on. And you hear this shit in the background, nigga. Do you know the kind of head this bitch about to give you, my nigga? Any bitch that put on Janet Jackson is about to fuck your socks off. You hear me? Oh, my God. Janet was freaky. Yeah, she was free. You see all that nice shit now. She old. But Janet used to get up there and touch your dick on stage if she felt like it. Look. I wonder if she could tell I'm hard right now. This song was about getting hard on the dance floor. And damn near busting a nut on a bitch. Can we get back to singing about busting nuts on bitches? Where is that? Rain on me. That's you know what that meant? Nut on me. The SWV was telling niggas in harmony to nut on them. Rain down on me. With what? With your love. What love, bitch? I got some love to rain on you with. Come on now, we need, we need, we need this. Where's this? Don't sit there and tell me the R&B is good. Where, where the fuck is this? I don't need Tory Lanez to remix it. 
We need a new version of this that's original. You get in the studio and you hit these same notes Shorty hit with no auto-tune and you get on the piano and you make beautiful shit like this. Why we got to go back 30 years to get good music? I don't want to hear Glorilla when I go to the club. That's why I don't go to the club. You'll never see me. This is my era. I grew up with this. I was like eight when this came out. When Brandy was the hottest shit in the world. She was singing. She was 15, dog. Everybody wanted to fuck Brandy back in the day. What are you talking about? Even when Moesha was on, like, damn, Brandy's still fine, boy. Right. It was a time. And then thick bitches came in style. We had to get rid of Brandy. Yeah, get that out of there. But anyway, I say all that to say Army is fucking dead. And um, I, for one, would love to see it come back. I really would. I would love to have new Army. Like, classic. Um, now, what else have I been watching? Uh, did I tell you, me and my girl went to the movies a couple weeks back. I don't know if I did a pod since then. We went to the movies, and it was cool. The movies is always fun, but, um, it was, it's different. It's different. We went to see Beast. It's the movie with, um, Idris Elba, and his, he's, he's fighting lions. But one lion, really, in the movie. But whatever. But the movie experience was different. Like, I remember going to the movies and it'd be packed. And just, the whole theater was like, every time something happened in the movie, the whole theater laughed, the whole theater screamed. That is, I miss that. You know? Like, I remember when um, Notorious came out. Me and my man went to go see that shit. And the, the theater was so full, we had to sit down there in the front. Fucking pissed. But the movie was so lit because everybody wanted to see that movie. Like that feeling of Saturday night, yo, what's the name coming out? We going to see that. We, 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 I miss that shit. You know what I mean? Like when Avengers first dropped, you had to go see it. Black Panther first dropped. Like that, that feeling of Rush having to go to the movies. What's the last, I don't, I don't think there's been a movie like that since the pandemic started. But um, it was different. Very empty. Um, shit, you could have sat anywhere. We picked seats, but it didn't matter. All the seats were open. Very, very different, but it was cool. Um, what else did I do? Uh, it was Labor Day week, and I worked. Um, I am Cleo Trapper, claimed to my store the other day. Now, um, if you know me and you follow me for some time, I have spoken against this lady, this young woman, many times about some of her points. And I've also played some of her points that I've agreed with. Um, probably said some crazy shit. Could be, I don't know. Knowing me, I probably have. I want to say she is a very nice person, and it was very nice to meet her. She's really cool, really cool young lady. Funny. Uh, she's doing music now, which is um only right. I mean, listen, if you're an Instagram influencer as a woman, and you have any. Kind of like following and clout. Do 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 music. It's gonna work for you because from music it'll get you into love and hip hop, and from love and hip hop you could be Cardi B. So she already got the following. She got the little. She's like the black Cardi, right? She's doing the music now. Let us see if the love and hip hop thing pick up for. I don't know who they gonna put her with romantically. I don't know how that works. I don't know her love life or anything like that. But I could see that playing out in that way. 
I could see it. But we'll see. Because they tried it with the Kyan girl and then didn't work. But let's see. You never know. Um, yeah, what else did I want to talk about? Let's see here. Ah. Uh, hmm. Money back, yo, and Ari broke up. Can't care. Kanye West versus Adidas. Himself. Uh, I understand it, Kanye, 100%. I understand it 100%, 100,000%. Um, however, you, you, you can't burn every relationship and expect to continue to succeed. Now, some people may take me saying this as you're an Uncle Tom or whatever, you're whatever. You didn't create Adidas, Kanye. Adidas existed well before you got there. Now, did you help them become more back relevant? Absolutely. Nobody's taking that away from you. Adidas was not relevant until Kanye went over there. And initially, we didn't see it. We were like, ain't no way. If it ain't Nike, you know, I got foam runners on right now. Never thought I'd be wearing these shits. I'm a Nike guy, but Nike can't do this. I don't give a fuck what they say. Nike can't do this. They didn't do it. Y'all didn't make an old foam shoe that works. Kanye could have brought these to Nike. Imagine these with a swoosh in the corner. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, I understand the man's fight for his creativity. And I understand his fight for his product and his creations. Did the shoe look a little bit like a foam runner? Of course. Yes, it did. You'd be a fool to say it doesn't. But it's not, Kanye. It's not. It's not the same. It's a sneaker. Yours is a more of a functional one-two shoe. You run around the airport, vacation. It's the perfect shoe for, lo- for leisure. Beautiful shoe for leisure. Not for when it's cold, super cold, or when it's raining outside. No. But for the summer, spring, fall, you can just walk around real quick. Perfect shoe. Right? Adidas is also, they have to make things, and things are always going to be inspired, expi- inspired by other things. Now, if you showed them something that they probably felt they would have never done without you, and they put their own spin on it, they are the parent company, Kanye. And I mean, that now he's saying to boycott that shoe, no problem. I don't like the shoe anyway. He wasn't, Kanye, he wasn't rocking with that shoe anyway. That shoe was trash. You got two chains and puffy posting it. I'm not wearing any more Adidas. Y'all forgot Pharrell is over there. Like he has to, Kanye has to stop, bro. You have other people on the on that company that that aren't you. Bad Bunny's over there. James Harden, James Harden is over there. Damian Lillard is over there. These are people that had a shoe before you got there, Kanye. Not Bad Bunny, but Harden and, and, and Damian Lillard. They did. You came over, you brought some relevancy to the brand. Thank you, but you don't own Adidas. You are not Adidas. He's leaking it, saying they tried to buy him out with a billion dollars. He said, no. It's like, I get the fight, bro, but come on. Pick your battles more wisely. You always doing this shit. You did the same shit he did with Nike. Oh, man, I should be getting royalties for my shit. Bro, you made three sneakers. Relax. 
Now, you can talk all your shit. A hundred percent. At this point, Kanye can talk all the shit he wants. He earned it now. He weighed way more than three shoes. You got a foam runner. You got a 350. You got a 700. You got an eight, uh, eight, 550. You got a, a, a fucking 850. Kanye got so many different shoes. 700. Uh, 750. 700. B2. B3. 350. V1. B3. V3. What, he got all kind of shit. Basketball sneakers. Everything. Slides. The man does it all. But you can't take down this, this corporation because you have a gripe about them making something similar to your product. And I, I, I think he said something about them released, having a Yeezy day and he had nothing to do with that. I mean, at the end of the day, you make your shoe through their company. They, that's like LeBron telling Nike what to do. Like, nigga, yeah, you're LeBron, but you don't know. No, go sit down. What the food the fuck? Like, come on, man. Run DMC couldn't even tell Adidas what to do. Kanye, they made Adidas. Run DMC made Adidas. Like, that's just a, a fact. In the 80s, nigga, nobody was wearing fucking Adidas. Like, Adidas was wearing, he was wearing Adidas. Yeah, because of Run DMC. It's a fact. Black people? Yeah. My Adidas. Yeah. Come on. Nike came and crushed them in. Kanye brought them back. They're relevant again. However, outside of Yeezy, they don't sell anything. He knows that. Um, let's see. What else is happening? Uh, I don't really care to talk about this. Um, Tiffany Haddish and and and, and, and what's the name thing? Uh, okay. Ain't nothing going on. Ain't nothing going on, man. I got a freestyle in. <laughs> Not like a rap, but I'm. A, uh, let me talk about this Larry June album, Spaceships of the Blade. But me and that Rihanna is not here. I can do music because she usually doesn't listen to anything. So we all meet, but. Yes, Larry June dropped another another album, Spaceships on the Blade. Um, it's not my favorite Larry June album, but it is fire. Definitely want to say that. Um, favorite songs of mine is Corte Madera Cali. Um, you know, I'll Make Time. Uh, what else is my shit? Breakfast in Monaco. Larry's Diner. Actually, let's get into Larry's Diner. I'm going to play two records. I got to stretch the pod. So people that are not familiar with Larry June, I'm going to play a couple records so maybe y'all can get familiar with Mr. June. Sock it to me. Walked in the trap, grabbed a money counter, got to work, made a couple calls, switched whips, thinking white verse, 2020 vision counter, with my eyes closed, rose gold, doing the light show. On my white shirt, papaya with the lemon, something different. I'm in Honolulu, birds chirping, nice little breeze, but it's 82. Pressing buttons on the elevator, I'm thinking penthouse. If you thought this shit was just rap, then you April Fool. Baby chose, came with the fee, I gave her a chance. Driving shit right off the lot, with 
out the advance. Heels clicking, bills getting paid. I'm still out the way. Marble flows, bends with the shades, but still didn't change. Walked in the diner, tipped the host, then I took a seat. Gray sweatpants made by Dior. Midnight tea, lighting weed on the balcony. At the four seas, fell asleep getting a back rub. Then woke up beast, nigga silly. Make another play, touch another milli. Never slipping, gray sweatpants with the four nickel. Eating pokes, fresh out the ocean. It's a great feeling, still in motion. Signing documents for a new building. Still in motion, signing documents for a new building. They pocket watching from the sideline. Man, these niggas different. Nigga, a whole lot of shit changed, my nigga. Gotta adjust with the time, you know what I'm talking about? Got way more dangerous, but it's way more money. That was Larry's Diner. Now I'm gonna play my other favorite joint, which I opened the show with. Well, no, no, wait. I opened the show with that. Wait, let me play something else. This is Organic Adjustments. Thinking about changing locations and shit. Man. Into this motherfucking bag. Stand out the way, I'm a. Sacrificing time for this shit, man, I got a plan. Tried to tell niggas years ago, they ain't understand. Riding by myself in this coupe, I'm all in my head. Everything in life you can't replace, I build relationships. Pretty little smile, make a nigga wanna lock it in. We met the same time, I lost a friend, we should try again. You been on my mind, you should hop in. I ain't gonna hurt you, baby girl, you know we locked in. Used to be on FaceTime calls on the regular, never made time, man. It on my busy schedule Damn. Now every time I hit the bay You know I think of you Working on your brand, love You know that I believe in you Tell me how you really go Trust if you don't trust in you I'm trying to set examples for my son I know he need me too Nights I be sleeping by myself Wish I can be with you You gotta see potential When my moves understand his rules Late night cruising Thinking, plotting on the bigger move Putting in overtime So much more I gotta do Even when I'm out on the road I'd rather be with you I ain't gonna lie, baby Baby girl, I'm tryna fuck with you. Late night cruising, thinking, plotting on the bigger move. Putting in overtime, so much more I gotta do. Even when I'm out on the road, I'd rather be with you. I ain't gon' lie, baby girl, I'm tryna fuck with you. I'm a grown ass man, I'll never make excuses. Tryna be more present, work shipping, getting to it. Thinking about the bigger picture, who gon' add to my future? I ain't got shit to prove, I'm just knowing I can do it. You can hear it in my music, came from the bottom. Feel it in my intuition. I can see you really love it. You don't never glamorize it when you really came from it. Seen niggas make a little money and then change on me. Late night cruising, thinking, plotting on the bigger move. Putting in overtime, so much more I gotta do. Even when I'm out on the road, I'd rather be with you. I hope y'all enjoyed the tunes. Now, come across something else that I want to discuss quickly. Forgot I saved this one. This is one I want. I was touching on it earlier, Paul. Come back to it maybe a little bit. What happened to men being the pursuers? No disrespect when I say this, but it baffles me how women can clear as day see the effect being men not dating anymore, not wanting to chase and pursue and beg. 
but play ignorant to the cause, which generally is them. Cause and effect. Action, reaction. Because even as young boys, we were raised to chase and pursue women. A lot of women in large took that as we're worth more than the man. The man should be grateful for us. We are better than the man. Therefore, we don't respect their efforts. They're supposed to chase. So why would we appreciate it? They're supposed to beg and provide and be really, really pathetic for us. That's how they're supposed to be. And y'all's behavior is reflective of that way of thinking. In layman's terms, y'all started talking shit about us chasing and pursuing y'all. Y'all labeled us thirsty, desperate, creepy, weird, stalkers, especially if y'all don't find us attractive. Oh, and we're supposed to suddenly know that you guys don't find us attractive. Y'all shouldn't have to tell us. We should just know. Telepathy, add that to the list. But no, on a serious note, it's quite obvious why we don't ask and chase and pursue you guys anymore because you guys belittled us for those same actions and then y'all belittle us in every other aspect of our existence he looks good but he's broke <laughs> he's got money but he's unattractive he's a nice guy but he's not my type he's my type but he's not a nice guy i mean what other ways do we have to tell you guys that y'all mistreat us without y'all saying we're feminine or gay I mean, yeah, it's a broken record. So now we're like, well, damn, since we can't seem to pick one that's going to say, yeah, how about y'all pick one of us? Y'all wanted that power, so now y'all can pursue us. I mean, seriously, we'd like to, but it's like, why keep asking if we're going to keep being told no? Keep dealing with women who are going to find something to not like us about. Y'all pick us. Y'all let us know that we're attractive. Yeah, y'all ladies, y'all pursue because obviously, you know what I'm saying, it's up to y'all anyway, or at least y'all think it is. And that way, if we're not interested, we can say no. No thanks. No thanks. Thank you all. I appreciate that. I have a girlfriend. Hear that. <laughs> but no, seriously, though, that's why. And I can't be the only man who feels this way. It's simple math, really. Now, to, that young man had some valid points. Um... Now, his, his thing is uh, why men don't pursue women. That was the whole theme of the video. Uh, he pretty much laid it out. It doesn't make any sense, man. A woman knows um, who they want. You know what I mean? They know what they like. They know who they like. Um, and it's not really much we can do about that. You know what I mean? Because... Uh, you know, we can pursue it. It's really like playing a lottery. We don't know, that, you know, what's behind that scratch-off. We don't know if it's, uh, sure, you can take me on a date or if it's, uh, please walk away from me. It could be either way. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, the new iPhone is coming out, and I want it. Not even want it. I need it. I need it. I have an iPhone 11. The iPhone 14 is coming out. It's time. It's time. Um. Back to school season is among us. Labor Day has passed, so now you allegedly can't wear any more white pants. That's not going to stop the Jamaicans. Um, yeah, tomorrow morning, I'm going to go with my girl and take her two daughters to school. Uh, first day. Uh, one is starting junior high. The other is starting 
pre-preschool because she's three. So she's going to pre-preschool, which is great. She's growing up. She's starting to learn words now. It's time to start molding that young mind. And, uh, you know, her being around some kids her age would do her very well. As far as, you know, her communication will get better. And, you know, kids got to be around kids to learn from each other. And I think it'll be great. I'm going to be there for them. So I'm going to be there for them in the morning, very early. I'm, I'm usually up at 7. I'm going to have to be at my girl's house by 7. So let's see how this plays out. I'm going to get up. I'm going to set the alarm and everything. I usually don't wake up to an alarm. But for them, I will be there. Stepdad of the year right here. From Disney to the first day of school, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, but um, I was talking to my uncle today about, uh, you know, me being a dad and how, how important. I went through his porn history. Oh. It was Whoa, 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 hold on. The fuck? Anyway. Um, talked to my uncle today about being a dad and how much it means and how important it is. And, um, you know, everybody knows I always wanted a daughter and I got my girl. So I'm happy about that. And my uncle was like, you know me, I always wanted a daughter too. But back in the day, we didn't have that. We didn't have no way to know what we was having before. So you had to wait until the baby was born to know. And I was like, damn, I, was, I forget that just 30-something short years ago, there was no, none of this shit. So he said, when she was born, like, my heart was so full. Like, I just felt so much joy and happiness and the pride when I saw my baby girl. And I was like, I, I, like for me, I know... <laughs> I know one, I can guarantee you a million percent that I will break down and cry when my baby is born. Tears, snot, books, full up. I'm bawling. Because all my life, I might have to play Casey and Jodeci in the room, but I don't know. But all my life, I waited for the right person to ultimately do this with. And I could not have picked a better person. I'm not to tell you. Like, I think about my girl all the time and how perfect she is for me. And it's like, wow, you really did a good job, bro. So, you know. And now to be having a child from this is amazing to me. Like, I, man, if you'd have told me in 2020, when me and my girl first started even dealing with each other, that we would be here, I would have never believed you. But if you asked her, she'd have been like, yeah, I knew it. I knew we would get here. Like, she was patient with me. She was very understanding. She was loyal. She was everything that you would want from a woman. And it's like, you have to honor that. You have to keep that. So that's what I'm doing. So, you know. And yeah, me and my uncle were talking about it and how um, how beautiful it is to have a new baby in the family. And like, you know, it's a blessing. And everybody's happy. Everybody's super excited. And, you know, my daughter was going to come into this world with a lot of love surrounding her. So it's like, this is amazing. This is exactly how I envisioned me having my first child was, I never wanted, I said all the time, I never wanted to have a kid with a woman I didn't love. That was one of my biggest fears. It's just having a random kid with a woman I barely know or a woman I don't love. Like, she cool. But now we having a baby. Like, I would never, I would hate that shit. Because it's not going to be the same. It's not going to mean the same. You know, 
How do you really care about a child when you don't care about the mother? You know what I'm saying? And then people want men to just be fathers, and I can, I'm, I'm not giving them an excuse. But I can, as a man, if I did not love the mother of my child when she was pregnant with my child, I'm not looking at her in joy. I'm looking at her in, like, disbelief. I'm looking at her in almost disgust. Like, I cannot believe I did this shit. That's not how you want to have a child. You don't want to bring a baby in the world like that. But a lot of people do. And it's fucked up because now you got a kid never knowing what a home is. They never had mommy and daddy together at the same time. They never seen mommy and daddy loving on each other. They never seen these things. You never seen your mom kiss your dad? There's kids out there that cannot, they can say, and I've never seen my mother kiss my father. All my life, they've not been together. I, they've, they've never, I have never seen them together. That's crazy, bro. How could you do this to your children? Men, I'm speaking to. Men, y'all are doing that to your children. Your child never going to know what love looked like from you. They're going to know what it looked like from another motherfucker. That ain't their father. But these niggas don't even be caring half the time because they don't care about the girl, they don't care about the baby, and it's fucked up. But for me, that was one of my biggest fears, like having a child with a woman I do not love. Like, so I don't have that problem. <laughs> so we're doing good in that regard. I'm super excited to um, be a dad. It's a whole new way of life, a whole new, just everything is going to be new. And I'm, I love change. Like a lot of people are afraid of change. I've always been a proponent for change. I've always loved change because even if it's difficult, it gets better. You're only going to get better with the more experience, the better you get. Right? People are like, oh, are you ready for a baby? Are you ready? Are you going to be tired? That's it? That's it? I'm going to just be tired? That's it? I'm ready for that? That's nothing. No, you don't understand, man. It's worth it. It's my baby. I'll rock that baby to sleep, half sleep all night. Whatever I got to do, I'm a hands-on dad. I want to be the nigga changing diapers. I want to be the one wiping ass. That's me. I want to be the one testing bottles on the wrist. I want to be super dad. I don't want my girl to have to do shit. I know I'm going to have to learn. But after about three, four months, I just got to be like, all right, I got this. Go do you. You know what I mean? I want to get there as a, as a dad. I want to get to like the three, two, three-month mark and be like, damn, he got this shit. Yeah, I got it. You go ahead and do your thing. What you want to go get your nails? Go ahead. I got it. I got all of them. Go ahead. I got all four. We good. They go. They be good. Go ahead. I got them. That's what I'm trying to get into. I want to need my girl to trust me on that level. So I got to prove myself. And that's the only way I'm going to get there. Show and prove. Because it's easy to be there. But what you doing when you're there? You just there? You got to be hands-on, bro. Don't be afraid to touch your baby. That's your baby. You afraid that baby going to doo-doo on you? That's your baby doo-doo. You afraid the baby going to spit up? That's your baby spit. Man, that's your baby spit up, bro. Let that baby, that baby, my baby spit up and shit all over on me, whatever she want to do. It's her world. Oh, that girl gonna be spoiled rotten. Everybody keep telling me that. And my girl says this to me. When we went out for my birthday, we walked past a toy store. And she's like, oh, when the baby comes, what are you, what are you gonna do when they go past the toy store and they want something? I'm gonna say no. And she's like, well, why would you say no? Because they gotta know they can't have everything all the time. The world don't work like that. You just can't get shit because you see it. That's not how it goes. You don't get everything you want in life. And then people are like, oh, well, that's stupid. Why would you teach your kid that? You should, be, you should never tell them no. Okay, well, I, I, all right. So I'll tell them yes forever. So when they get in the real world, they hear no. 
It's like, how could you? They're going to be entitled. You don't want to raise entitled children. You want to raise humble children. You want to teach them the value of a dollar, even if you have money. You want to teach them, hey, no, you can't have that. Why? Because you just don't need it. You don't need that toy. You don't really want it. I'm going to think for you because I'm the adult. I'm the parent, okay? So I'm going to have to tell you no, and we're going to have to go. And she's like, you're not going to do that. You're going to melt. As soon as she had, daddy, can I get this? You're going to get it. And I'm like, maybe so, but it, it depends. It depends on how I feel. It depends on how much money I have. It depends on how much the toy costs. It depends. It depends on if she was good that day. Knowing my child, they're going to be a fucking asshole. Okay? Knowing me. <laughs> my kid is going to give me some trouble. I already expect it. I already expect smart mouth. I already expect the different of an attitude. I already expect the different thought process. I expect it all. I was a fucking... Not problem child to my mom, but I was a whole different animal. My way of thinking, my way of conducting myself was different from most. I questioned everything. I know my child is going to be that way. Because for me, I have to know the truth of things. I don't want to be told. You can't just tell me shit. You got like, like the people say, oh, we in this show and prove everything. You got to show everything. Yeah, because niggas be lying. So if you can show me you telling the truth. Yes, show me. What the fuck? What the fuck? What do you mean? Yeah, show me you telling the truth. Don't just tell me something, nigga. Your word ain't good. I don't know you. The fuck? You got to build that. Who the fuck? What the fuck y'all thought this was? I'm about to just trust you off rip. Fuck out of here. Are you stupid, nigga? Are you dumb? Yeah, show me. What the fuck? I'm like, yo, this error's weird. You got to show everything. You don't got to show everything. But if you tell, if you saying something, if you saying, if you talking shit, nigga, show me. But show me you telling the truth. That's all. I'll be running around here lying, bro. Do I have anything else in my notes? No. Uh, Oh. Here we go. Now, this is, um, I wrote this two weeks ago. We didn't use it. I'm going to save this one for Rihanna next week. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to save that one. But this other one I have. I'm trying to do 90 minutes tonight, so we at 74. So I'm trying to get to an hour and a half because I feel like I owe y'all because we ain't been here in two weeks. I really would have went longer if Rihanna was here. We would try to give you two hours, but next week, maybe. Maybe. Uh, okay, so what if I told you the devil isn't real? What if I told you evil is birthed from negative thought, wrung to fruition by uncontrollable circumstances in said person's life? Now, we all have this... Uh, the teachings of good and evil and what's good and what's bad, but who's, who's to say? If there's reason to why you're doing bad, is it bad? If it's sorry, I have to rob you at gunpoint because my children need to eat and I don't have any other way to get money for them right away than this. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to hurt you. I just have to rob you. I have to take your money. I can't care about what you got going on I can't care about your kids or your family. I have to worry about me and mine. I need that. Now, people would say that's evil. You shouldn't steal or rob from people. I get it. But what if the why is overpowering what he's doing? So what is the why? The why did he rob that person? My kids are hungry. I'm a single father. Nobody, you don't know these people's story when things are happening to you. Right? Oh my God, he shot that guy in the face. Why would he do that in broad daylight? That guy touched his daughter. Oh, yeah. 
Is it evil? He killed somebody, but why? That motherfucker raped my kid. Anybody would kill that man. Is that evil? What, what, what is really a sin? They teach you in the Bible that, that, mur- that killing, stealing, all of that is a sin. But then when you're in the, in the military, yeah, you could kill whoever you want. Don't worry, you won't, won't go to jail. You're good. But if you come to the United States and you kill somebody, you're only going to jail for life. You can't send people to Afghanistan, teach them how to kill innocent people and shoot machine guns. Have them come back to a society where people could just talk shit to them with no consequence and expect them not to snap. Because of what? What's supposed to keep them in line? Morals? A person in the military that's killed 30, 40 people is supposed to just be like, when I get to heaven, God will understand why. You kill people for your country? Where in the Bible does it say that's okay? Where? So that if you can do that, what makes what makes all of that? What makes it real? You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not, and I'm not bashing anybody's religion. I've come to understand people need it, so I don't bash it. But I really want to understand. And people explain things to me. Well, you gotta understand, blah, 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 and this and this and this. It's like yo, all of it sounds like fairy tales to me. Stories people made up, and we just adults believing in the tuck and tooth fairy. As, and I, listen, it's 2022. By 2030, we're going to come back to this religion topic and we're going to see how serious religion is in society in 2030. Because at this point, it's not much, very important. People are living however they want to live and nothing's happening. You know, people die because they do stupid shit and they don't take care of themselves. Accidents happen, yes, but you put yourself in a position to be in an accident. You know what I mean? Anything can happen, 100%. But, not really. Not if you're doing what you were supposed to do. How many people have been shot by a stray bullet? I guarantee you they probably weren't supposed to be where they were at the time. Like, where was he at? Oh, he was on so-and-so. Why the fuck was he over? He was supposed to be at work. He was probably running late. Hey, there you go. Had you did what you were supposed to do and not been late. I mean, they just always, there's circumstances to everything. I feel like people can be able to recognize things that are going to happen to them and have an opportune amount of time to avoid these things if they're smart. Now, life is about decisions. You have to think worst case scenario with everything you do. If the worst case scenario you can handle, go forward. If the worst case scenario is something you would hate to happen, don't do that shit. Like, for example, let's say you're walking down the street, dude bumps you. Now, you really don't care that he bumps you. It's like, whatever, dudes, watch out. But there's girls around. They're like, oh, shit, he bumped the shit out of him. Now you're embarrassed. So now you feel like you got to say something. Even though you really don't give a fuck. But yo, watch it, motherfucker. Bow, shoot you right in your fucking face. Decisions, right there. You could have let it slide. He probably would have kept walking. Nothing would have happened. But your pride made you say, hey, motherfucker, watch where you're going, bitch-ass nigga, da 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 You don't know what that man going through. Think about how, how serious is it to you. Is it worth getting possibly killed for this? No. People step on my foot the other day, he's like, yo, my ball, my fault, bro, my bad, I'm so sorry. I'm like, bro, it's cool, I'm not going to do nothing. It happens. 
I'm not going to hit hand, act all tough. And, hey, motherfucker, watch where the fuck you stepping, nigga. Come on, man, damn. I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing all that. For what? For what? Now, if he gets up and he wants to fight, nah, I didn't want to fight. I just trying to, like, make him feel bad for stepping on my foot, but he already felt bad. So there's no need to ex- ex- escalate it anymore. Decisions. Right there. Those little small choices is the, the line between life and death. One wrong decision can kill you. So if you know this living in the free world and you know, damn, I probably got to go this way, but let me just go this way. No, no, why would, no, go the way you was going. Don't do that. Because the minute you do some shit you didn't want, wasn't supposed to do or didn't want to do, shit happens. And you're like, how do you live this way? Like, I live, I live with intention. I live with intention. Every day before I leave my crib, I have a plan. How am I going to get to work today? All right, I'm going to go this way and then go that way. That's the plan. I don't divert unless I have to. My goal is to get here, to get here, to get here. Once I'm here, I'm safe, I'm good, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Mission accomplished. I don't play and dick around in between where I got to go and what I got to do. Because that's when mistakes and accidents and shit happen. I've lived it long enough to see it. Damn, man, I knew I should have just went straight home. How many times I've said that to myself in my life? Fuck, man, I knew I should have just went straight home. I knew it. Now I'm fucking, yeah, yeah. But back to the evil thing. What is evil, really? People's circumstances make things evil. You think people wanted to sell drugs? No, but I'm poor, and if I can sell drugs, I can be a millionaire within weeks. I'm selling drugs. I don't have another option. (laughs) Yes, drugs hurt people, but I'm not making them take these drugs. I have to provide for me and mine. Like, oh, you're killing, you're poisoning your own people. No, I'm not. People have been poisoning them. People been, the business of poisoning people has been a million dollar, billion, trillion dollar business for all of eternity. McDonald's is poisoning you every day. Wendy's, CV, all the medication you take, the air you breathe, nigga, the water you drink, it's all tampered with. So don't hit and say, oh, you're selling drugs, you're killing people. Whatever. What the fuck ever? Listen, these people need this to survive, I need it. What do you think pastors is doing? All they're doing is taking money from the people that need something to believe in. They don't necessarily believe in that shit, but if people go pay me to say this shit, I'm going to say it. No, yes, praise God. Jesus, go make a way. All of that shit. You got these old ladies in front of your church. Yes, God. Lady, you've been broke all your fucking life, and you've been in church all your fucking life. Whatever blessing you waiting for, lady, you got to put some action to that. You can't just come in here and pray and put a bunch of money in the collection plate and think one day your blessing going to be 40 years, lady. 40 years. When, when Jesus coming? Let, let me know. Because your mother said he was coming. She died waiting for him. So when he coming? You ever seen a nigga come back from the dead? I haven't. Not in real life. Maybe a movie or something. Y'all waiting for a nigga that died in, 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 in 100 B.C. to come back out the ground? With what skin? Like, what, what are you talking about here? What the, what the fuck? Like, the, 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 I, the lies, bro. <laughs> they lied to us. They taught us society and religion to blind us from the reality of the world, that the world is much more carefree than this. Much more carefree. They, they distracted us with money. They told us that having money is the key to existence. They told us living in luxury is the key to happiness. If you don't got designer, if you ain't living in this kind of house, if you ain't driving this kind of car, you're a failure at life. 
You're not doing your faith. But you're alive. You eat every day. You have a place to live. You take care of your kids. You pay your bills. You got somewhere to sleep. You don't have the best car, but you have a car. You don't got the best crib, but you have a crib. We got to be like thankful for the shit we do have. The little bit of shit we got, we got to be thankful for that. Yo, thank you, God, for giving me a place to stay. Thank you, God, for protecting me and, you know, keeping me in your, in your favor and keeping me out of danger. Thank you. Thank you, God, for allowing me to eat every day, allowing me to have weed whenever I want. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, a, it's things that people need to be thankful for that they're not thankful for. Ungrateful. And the universe sees it. You know what I mean? The energy you put out there is the energy you get back. If you every day a nasty dickhead nigga, your day's gonna be fucked up every day, dickhead nigga. If you a good nigga and you waking up and you making people smile and you bringing joy to the world, bro, and you internally happy for real and you spreading that joy, you doing what God put you here for. You make people happy. That's my calling in life. My job in life, my, my passion, my mission my job that God put me here for was to entertain in whatever capacity that could be, whether it be in person, whether it be a podcast, whether it be Instagram, whatever. My purpose on this planet is to please others and not in a way where I'm proving myself, in a way where I'm making people feel good. Whether I do shoes for you, whether I help you with a life situation, whether me and you just kick it and we smoke together, I'm supposed to make you happy. That's my purpose. Found it years ago when I started doing stand-up comedy and it was working. You know what I mean? That people would say, oh, but you didn't go nowhere with it. I went everywhere with it. What do you mean? I did exactly what I wanted to do, which was get on stage and tell jokes. I never wanted to be famous. I never wanted to be Martin Lawrence. I love Martin. I wanted to be funny as Martin. I never wanted to be Martin famous. Martin went crazy. I don't want that. I don't want a bunch of people knowing who I am and I got to live up to the expectations because I'm famous. I don't want that. Hey, man, you on TV every day. You ain't got no money. Like, nigga, that don't mean you got money. That don't mean you got money, but the perceptions of others will drive you crazy if you let it. So for me, some people might say I shy away from my potential. Maybe I do because I want to be recognized, but I don't want to be celebritized. You know what I mean? I want my shit out there, but I don't want the fame attached to it. That's not my goal. I don't want to be famous. I just want to be known. Famous is terrible. Fame is terrible. You can't shake that shit off. This is why older celebrities shy away from it. Like Andre 3000, they tone it down. Let's get low key. Let's tone it down. I'll be in Soho on my bike. I'm not really a celebrity no more. Leave me the fuck alone. Yes, you can take your pictures, but understand you're not getting nothing. To the point where it's like Dave Chappelle can live in Ohio. People are like, hey, Dave. Hey, what's going on? I turned that out, that down, that, that celebrity shit where I'm walking around with shades on and I'm hopping out and it's paparazzi. No, no, we're not doing that. Cut that off. I don't even like that shit. All this, this attention and knowing what I'm doing all the time. No, 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 no. So I can understand why people like Jay-Z and Beyonce move how they move. You only see them when they want to be seen. You're not going to see paparazzi pictures of us having issues or disagreements and people around my house taking pictures at my bushes. Ain't none of that, man. We did all that fame shit. Now we just successful now. That's what I want. I want the success. I don't want the fame. I don't want no fame. <laughs> Talented as people may think I am. I've always been a shy person. But my personality is very boisterous. So I cannot, I am who I am. I can't 
And if I'm in a room and I'm speaking, somebody's going to laugh. My personality is going to show. People are going to gravitate toward me. It happens, man. I understand what I am. I understand who I am. I understand how people see me. I get it. But I'm still humble, too. I don't see myself as a big deal. I don't. And you shouldn't. Because who the fuck are you? We're all here temporarily. I'm no better than anybody else. And that's because I'm, I've had my time to reflect and grow and learn what's important to me. Like my Jewish friend, Crown, he tells me all the time, like, you're so content with your life, and I envy that. Because, like, you don't have much, but you're just, like, you're cool with it. And it's like, it's not that I'm cool with it. It's because I'm acceptant of what I am, and I'm proud of what I am. I'm happy with everything. Now, you can, I wouldn't call it content because I do want to improve and be a better person. I'm going to be a father now. So I have to step it up and go another level, and I'm going to do so. But at, to this, up until this point right now, yeah, I'm content. I have the girl I want. Got my family. My mom is good. My family's good. Everybody's okay. My brother's doing great. Everybody's okay. My dog is, is doing wonderful. Everybody's good. Everything is okay right now in my life. For the first time in a long time, everything is calm, which scares me, but at the same time excites me because this is another transitional period. The last time I had a transitional period was when I got put out my old place I had to live with my dad, and I'm in the place I am now. So the place I am now, I've outgrown. Now I'm starting a family. I'm going to have to leave this place too. Yeah, people would think, damn, that's not uncomfortable. No, that changes for the better. Every time I've moved, it's been for the better. When my mom put me out, I moved with my ex. For that time I was there, it was for the better. We got closer. Our relationship got more serious. We became closer. It didn't work in the long run, but that experience I needed. That freedom, that independence of you're a man now and you're on your own in this world. I needed that from when I moved from her place to my own place. Now it's just you. 26 years old, the whole world in your hands. What are you going to do, young nigga? What you going to do? How you going to, you got you to gotta get it now. Ain't nobody helping you now. It's all on you. That, from that came my sneaker business. From my sneaker business, I met work with all these people in the sneaker industry. Some of the biggest sneaker heads you know are personal friends of mine now. And we all came from that time to the point where now I'm working one of the biggest, best sneaker stores in the entire city because I've worked myself to that opportunity. My years of grinding in that basement, painting shoes, creating customs, fixing everybody's shoes from Flatbush to Long Island made me a name in this city. People know me in Brooklyn for that. I'm the sneaker guy. That's, that's me. That's always been my identity. Anybody that knows me knows I've been into sneakers. This is not new. Instagram didn't spark this in me. I've been this. So now to take that passion, make it into a business, and then in the, in the long run, it, it produces an opportunity for me that I probably wouldn't have had without my past work. If my name was not what my name is, I would not be recognized for who I am and I would not have the opportunity I have now. I would not be in my store if I didn't have put the work in back then. I didn't even know the store was going to present itself. How was I to know in 2014, in 2022, you're going to have an opportunity to do something incredible? Didn't know. We never know what we're working toward because we're always distracted by the other shit. Keeping up with others, caring what people think being afraid to be broke for a little while so you could chase these opportunities, making a lane for yourself. So now look at my life now. 
I got a cool gig. I'm doing what I love in the field that I love. I wake up every day happy. No alarm clock. I just wake up every day. I wake up with no alarm clock. And I don't think people understand how amazing that is until they can do it. Can you imagine literally waking up every day, no alarm clock, waking up, walking your dog, smoking a spliff, taking a shower, getting dressed, putting on some of the best sneakers in the world, and going to one of the best stores in all of New York City every day? Hella weed to smoke, pocket full of money, food to eat. What's, what, are we, what, what do I need? What else do I need? What am I complaining about? Of course I'm content. I'm happy, bro. That's what you're seeing, brother. It's not contentness. It's happiness. It took a long time to get here. It took much work. A lot of emotional fucking work. Reconstruction of my whole being. Brianna says it all the time. Wow, you're really different from what you were. Of course I am. Why wouldn't I be? I'm supposed to be different. I'm supposed to evolve. I'm supposed to change. Only ignorant people stay the same. You'll be a fucking fool to remain the same you for who? That doesn't benefit anyone. You have to change. You have to grow. Change is good. So now, my uncle's like, well, what are you going to do? I know you got to get in a place with your lady. What you going to do with the place? My brother going to have the apartment to himself. Little brother, it's all you now, bro. Spread your wings and fly, my nigga. You don't need me. My brother's a grown man. We was there together because we brothers. But now, I've found, I've set my roots down somewhere. In the future, he's going to do the same. You know? So change is always good. People fear it, but it's like you only fear it because you don't know. We always fear the unknown, but what if the unknown is the best thing that could ever happen for you? What if I was afraid to be sick, my girl, seriously? What if I was afraid? I would not be having my daughter right now. I would not be a man in a happy relationship. I would probably wouldn't be happy right now. But I, I, I understood what I had. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to do whatever I, I can do to keep that. Because when you're happy, you want to keep that. Everybody just wants to be happy. Everybody. Who the hell wants to wake up sad? Who the hell wants to wake up stressed? None of us. Nobody wants to do that shit. We want to wake up happy like, man, I feel good today. Man, I'm just, it's raining outside, but I can't. Man, you, I'm happy, bro. I couldn't be better. People say, hey, man, how you doing? I couldn't be better, bro. I'm doing great. How are you, my brother? Is everything well? You know what I mean? I want everybody to do great things. And I want everybody to be happy. And I want everybody to have the joys they want. And I want people to be happy in their own skin. It's very important to be happy in your own skin and be you. Unapologetically. You don't owe nobody shit. Your happiness is only for you, bro. Don't, and it's easy to make everybody else happy because you know what? Now that keeps you sad. I tell my girl all the time, like, you do everything for everybody else. When do people do things for you? You got to start putting yourself first. Start putting yourself first. Start spoiling you. For real. And I taught her those things. I taught her how to, like, sometimes be like, you know what? I am going to get them shoes. You know what? I am going to buy this bag. You know what? I am going to, I am going to do this. Like, sometimes it's okay. Trick on you. It's okay. Don't go crazy, but make yourself feel good too. You, you always available to be there for others. Be there for yourself too. Make you happy too. It's important. So, <clears throat> that's all I got. 
this week. I want to get in with a song. Uh, what do I want to? Okay, so uh, I'm going to play. This is another Larry June joint. This is another day part two. his new album, Spaceships on the Blade. Make sure y'all go check it out. Um, I will be back next week. Hopefully, Rihanna will be here with me. <laughs> um, did I even tell y'all what happened tonight? Uh, okay, well, this is what happened. Rihanna came to Brooklyn to record, and she was in Brooklyn. I uh, smoked a donut. Shout out to Donut World. Smoked half a donut. I dosed off. It's a fact. It beat me. Uh, I fell asleep for about 30 minutes. I woke up. Rihanna called me like twice. I woke up at 8.05. I call Rihanna back. She's like, I'm two exits away from my house. I'm like, okay. Okay, so it's solo this week. That's fine. You know, but I think I gave y'all a good part. What y'all think? Yeah, good part. Um, well, guys, hopefully <laughs> me and Rihanna will be back next week. Uh, I'm going to start to invite guests more often now. I feel like it's a good time to have more guests. Um, I want to have my boy Llama from Views on the Next Podcast come back. He's been here before, but it was, he was here on a New Year's episode. I want to have him with, here with just me, him, and Rihanna. And um, I want to do a good uh, episode about, uh, you know, just adult shit. You know, he, he has a lot of mature topics, and 
a lot of great content and perspectives. So shout out to Views on the Next Podcast. Um, doing great things. Uh, I want to try to get Tahoe back. Um, Tahoe TV or Tahoe TV from uh, Instagram. From uh, the So Shameless podcast. He's been on before too. Want to get my guy back up. Um, that shouldn't be too difficult. I know he's a busy man, but I'm going to try to get him back. i to work on it. Um, but yeah, a few more lady uh, guests that's not ghetto, not like, you know, our past experiences. Probably uh, friends of the show that have been here before and haven't been here in a while. I'll bring some of those guests back and just, you know, really get into these conversations because, um, you know, I'm 37 now. Started this podcast when I was 31. A lot of, I've grown. <laughs> the, to- the content of the show has changed dramatically. It is a lot different. I am a different person. I am not who I was. And that is a beautiful thing. But, um, you know, we're trying to blow this thing up and get bigger and bigger. And, uh, you know, it's not about the fame. It's just about the awareness. So uh, I'll see y'all next week. Y'all have a great weekend. Back to school, kids. Uh, you know, this weekend is crucial, right? Sunday night, it's over now. You know, I know y'all might not, the high schoolers might not really go to school tomorrow and Friday, but that Monday, nigga, oh yeah. I'm gonna make sure I go to work nice and on time because I don't gotta be to work till 11. Yeah, let them little niggas get out my way and I'll be to work by 11 o'clock. Hello. Because, ooh, that morning, that morning commute, all the, all the people that love, they some little summer, where the trains is a little emptier because the kids ain't on it making noise at fucking seven in the morning. It's over for that. You better get your coffee and your AirPods because it's going down. Okay? Ain't no more masks in school. Ain't no more that COVID shit. These niggas is back to normal. So it's, it's getting crazy. Sweatsuits and masks on your blood clot. Anyway, y'all have a good weekend. I'll see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>